You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Podcast be named later. I am Chris Willis, and I'm again joined by my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Chris? It's always good to do these with you, buddy. It's been a great start. Obviously, it's been a fun uh, opening few weeks of the season. Braves are playing well uh, despite their last loss, but they had a great road trip and 14 and five overall with the injuries they've had. You know, and they've they had they've gone to St. Louis. They've already finished all their games with San Diego, um, so you can't complain. 14 and five you'll take all day especially with the guys that haven't really played so far it's kind of weird just because of the last two seasons you know I don't really know how to act and I mean honestly with the amount of injuries they've had I think we could have forgave a slow start obviously that was one of uh you know I think they downplayed it a little bit but one of the things a lot of us were talking about the preseason was you know how they needed to get off to a good start just because the Mets look better the Phillies look better. You know, I think both of those teams have some question marks now. But, you know, injury after injury, I mean, Max Freed, Travis Darno, Michael Harris, Orlando Arcia, you know, Rosiel Iglesias hasn't, has been, been on the injured list the whole season. And they just keep chugging along, you know, and that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, it was, it was lose dropping those three to Padres at home and then coming back and rattling off eight straight. A bunch of those were one-run games. The the series against Cincinnati, I believe they came from behind in every one of those every one of those games. Uh, they've done a little bit of everything, and uh, you know it's just been it's just it's like I said, it's strange because the last two years we've kind of been accustomed to these slow starts. But you know this team this team looks scary good, and uh, and and they're just going to get better when they get these injury guys back. Yeah, and this is the first week. This these last three games are the first time that. Uh, Max and Strider and Morton uh, all pitched, you know, consecutively. And so having all three of those guys in, 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 you know, healthy and obviously Kyle Wright's back and he looked better in his second start. So that's huge. Bryce Elder has been huge. Probably haven't even talked enough about Bryce Elder, quite honestly, how big he was while all those guys were out. Um, you know, there's still concerns with the offense I have. I think we're going to get into some offensive stuff uh, later, but um, you know, the middle, the middle of the order is still, not quite pulling its weight. It's mostly the top of the order that's doing all the damage. But, yeah, with the guys they've had out, not having Iglesias the whole season, not having McHugh for 15 days, and the bullpen has had guys step up left and right. So, yeah, 14-5, and five, there's just no complaining with all the injuries and stuff. That's that's a fantastic start. Yeah, I mean, and, and I think, you know, I was looking – I was looking at the um, the expected win loss. You know their their run differentials. I think it's less than the Cubs. It's less than there's a couple of teams. It's behind, and like I said, that's because there's a lot of one run. Yeah, 
one run wins in there. Uh, it has actually evened out. Their expected win loss is thirteen and six. They're fourteen and five. It's only a one game difference now. It was two or three uh, a couple of days ago, but those things are going to flex- fluctuate as things go. But with the amount of injuries they've had, I don't even think you can nitpick. You can nitpick that. You know, I mean, it's a. Uh, it's just been. I mean, there's just so much power, firepower with this team. The pitching staff's uh, done what it needs to do as a whole. And, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of the concerns, I mean, there were a lot of concerns defensively. You know, when Orlando Arcia went down, I thought Vaughn Grissom's looked pretty well there. You know, just a, just a heck of a start to the season. And, uh, you know, I don't think – I think when we were expecting a good start, it, it's hard to say that I was expecting them to be 14-5 and five after 19 games. Yeah, and that they're just they they it's been so long, right? I mean, I, I can't even remember the last time they got off to this good of a start. Um, so yeah, it's great to see, you know the the one the one run uh, one run game stuff it, that does matter because typically, you know, for a full season, your your one run games are gonna balance out versus the the, the amount you win and the amount you lose. There's just you know that's kind of how baseball works. There there's a lot of randomness in one games and or in single games and, and certainly in one-run games. But, um, yeah, winning a bunch of those early, you know, that's always going to help. They, they did have the blowout where they lost to San Diego like 10-1 or 10 nothing. Um, that's That hurt their run differential and, and skewed things a little bit. But, yeah, that's going to happen. And, and I tell you what I was impressed with was the way the pitching staff looked against San Diego this week after how poorly they looked, you know, the first series at home against San Diego. And, and obviously the Braves didn't have Max Fried in that, that first series. And I don't think they had Kyle Wright either, actually. Um, but, you know, having having your top three guys go against San Diego, they they pitched really well. They won a 2 nothing game, then they blew them out in game two, and then they lost a one nothing game. So obviously the pitching staff was was fantastic. So um, that was that was really encouraging. I, I was a little disheartened by that, that three games at home where they lost to San Diego. Um, but to bounce back immediately and, and pitch so well against a good team was, was good to see. So yeah, it's just a well-rounded team. There's really not a lot of holes, you know, outside of a couple of guys, maybe not hitting the way you want and the guys that are still hurt. But once everybody gets back, then, you know, this is probably going to be the second, first, second, third best team in baseball, uh, depending on if they get hot or not. So yeah, it's just, it's really fun to see. It's a great start. I mean, and two, it, it, you know, it is still early. And, uh, you know, and I mean, you know, I know, man, ebbs and flows on social media, you know, you live and you die with every loss. But, you know, it's a bit, you've got to be a big picture thing, especially this point in the season. You know, like I said, though, it's just been, it's just been a really good run uh, to start the season. They're coming back home. We're going to talk about this Houston series coming up. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, just right now, they look as advertised. I mean, most of the projection systems had them at or near the top in all projections. And, I mean, so far, they've, they've lived up to it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's still a long way to go. You know, if this injury bug continues to, uh, to bite, you know, a lot of, a lot of things could still go wrong, but you know, right now it's just, it's just hard to really, anything that you're critical of, you know, almost feels like nitpicking at this point. I mean, there's, like you said, there's a couple of areas you, you'd like to see some guys get going or you'd like to see uh, a little more clarity with the lineup, but at the same time, you know, this has just been a, it's just been a, a great start for a, you know, what we expected to be a, an outstanding team. Yep. And I think the, I think the health of the rotation is where if I had to put like one key for sustaining this kind of success for the season, I think the health of the rotation is it because if Max Fried and Spencer Strider 
you know, can pretty much go the rest of the year uninterrupted by injury and Kyle Wright and Charlie Morton. It's that that's such a good starting four that you, like even if you have half the lineup not hitting at any given time, you're going to be in every game. Right. And the bullpen's going to be good. Um, the bullpen's obviously going to get some guys back. But if that starting rotation, if those four guys stay healthy um, and they're all pitching right now and they all look good right now, then this team is going to be, you know, a 95 plus win team just because you're going to be in literally every single game with those guys pitching and the bullpen pitching. And you're just going to have to score so few runs to win. And obviously we know this offense can score in bunches when they, when they're right. So if those four guys can stay healthy, it's obviously a big if, and a lot of teams can say that, but um, the Braves have such incredible rotation if it's healthy that um, I think that's the key. And that's kind of what I'm praying for at this point is just, just, just give me Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton for the rest of the season. And I'll take my chances with everything else. Yeah, and that's one interesting area, you know, because some of that depth has been tested in that rotation a little bit. You know, Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster, I think they showed, you know, they can they can contribute, but they're not really they're not really ready to be relied on yet. Both of those guys are good. Gwinnett, you know, I think we'll see them again at some point. Uh, you know, you just hope that they they take that early experience and learn from it and and continue to develop. But Mike Mike Soroka is starting to look a whole lot yeah. closer to Mike Soroka. And, yeah. you know, and we're going to talk about Elder when we get to the preview in this weekend series, but it is really important there. I mean, if he comes back anywhere close to where he was pre-injury, uh, you know, he could just be a huge, have a huge impact on this. And that's, and that's huge. That's so much, it's so big just because Ian Anderson's, you know, went down. So a lot of, you know, there was, there was a lot of questions there that Soroka can answer, you know, if he's, if he's back and, and can be an effective, effective guy in that fifth spot or just give you another guy that you can, you can slot in there to give a uh, strider freed, you know, an extra day of rest here and there whenever you need it throughout the season. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, like I said, just it, 14 and five is hard to argue with eight game winning streak already. So, you know, it's just it's a pretty awesome start. It's a whole lot better <clears throat> it's a whole lot better to be this nine games over five hundred than to be two or three and just around that five hundred uh, mark the way we have in the last couple of years. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. We was talking earlier about this fourteen and five start. You know, there's been some some really really electric performances out of the gate uh, from the offense. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. looks like Ronald Acuna Jr. again. 
Yeah, he's he's hitting three sixty seven, four fifty one on base percentage, five slugging five forty four, one sixty nine weighted runs created plus. I think if there's anything that is preventing him from being all the way back, it's that he's just not quite elevating the ball and hitting the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, I've seen this question, and I've gotten this question a couple of times on Twitter. You know, people talking about the launch angles. Launch angles four point seven. You know, and uh, which is it, it would be by far a career low. He was at ten point eight last year. You know, his career average is thirteen point six. His ground ball rates uh, over fifty five percent. Man, he's hitting the ball, daylights out of the ball. Uh, I mean, he's averaging average exit velocity is ninety three four. That's on par with where he was in twenty twenty one pre-injury you know he's still hitting the ball hard I think you know that's the lifting that ball getting it off the ground is going to be the key to him just going on a complete just a, a complete tear uh but you've got to like the way he's the way he's moving you know he's got eight stolen bases already hitting the ball the other way and he's setting the table and you know he's he's that he looks more like a prototypical leadoff man now and once that power comes I think you know that's when he's going to be all the way back yeah, you know, it, it really is tough to <laughs> – it's tough to nitpick a guy who's, you know, as of yesterday was leading the majors in war, right? He's at 1.3 war for the season. He's on pace for, you know, an eight-win an eight win season at this point. You know, it is tough. It's, it's tough to say anything negative when a guy's hitting that well. But, you know, the launch angle stuff matters, right? Like that, we've spent a long time kind of talking about the stat cast data and, and how useful it is and – why it matters and like that does matter because you know in the majors even without shifting in the majors ground balls are typically where offense goes to die you know you it's very hard to be a really good offensive player when you're hitting the ball on the ground as much as he is right now and the reason that Ronald gets away with it is because a he hits the ball as hard as anybody in baseball um, his max exit velocity this year is like 115. That's in the top one or two percent. Um, his average exit velocity is like 93, 94 miles an hour. That's in the top, you know, one or two percent. And he is hitting quite a few line drives, right? Like, even though he's not hitting as many fly balls, he is he is still hitting a decent amount of line drives. Like a five degree launch angle is still technically a line drive, um, and that's what he's averaging. So. You know, and then you look at his OBA, you know, his OBA is 437, his expected OBA is 440, right? So he's actually underperformed his his expected numbers just slightly. You know, his slugging percentage is 544, his expected slugging is 609. So he's had some balls, you know, I remember in the Washington series when it was 40 degrees and the wind was blowing, you know, he hit like probably three balls up against the wall in that series that on any, you know, on a different day in a different park, that's three more homers. You know, if he was sitting right in here was, you know, if he had six home runs right now, I don't think anybody would be talking about the ground ball stuff and the power just because, you know, that would be obviously uh, twice as many as he actually got. But, you know, I'm I'm not that worried. Batted ball data, especially ground ball, fly ball stuff in this small of a sample is, you know, kind of a, a tricky thing to to spend too much time on because literally one week of, you know, him lifting the ball a little bit more and, and all of these numbers could very drastically change. Um, so it's, it is a thing to, to watch for. It is important to track it because it does matter. I mean, we've talked forever about, you know, the, the inverse relationship between ground balls and, and offensive production. And as one goes down, the other goes up. So, um, that does matter. Don't give me, don't, don't mishear me. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. It absolutely does. But the fact that he's running a 55% ground ball rate right now and still 
you know, basically leading the league in war, you know, if, if he gets that corrected and starts lifting the ball a little more, I mean, what, what, what more is he going to do? Um, so it's, it's awesome to see him moving the way he's moving eight stolen bases. He's running around the outfield. He's, he leads the league in UZR has an arm metric that they use to, to determine, you know, the value of a guy with his arm and, and Ronald leads the league in that. He's got, he's only got, he's only striking out like 15% of the time, which is, which is like 10% less than his career best. I mean, he's, he's shattering his strikeout rate, um, personal best at this point. So swinging misses down, um, the walks are fantastic. You know, it's really just the launch angle. That's really the only thing we're looking at. And again, even with a, a, a five degree average launch angle, he's, he's one of the best players in baseball. So yeah, if that improves even a little, then, you know, he's going to win an MVP. So, um, but it, it's great to see. It's great to see him get off to a hot start. It's great to see him healthy. And, you know, if he gets the ball in the air just a little bit more than, you know, we got the best player in baseball. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to pick on the ground ball rate too much because the Braves as a whole are uh, are hitting a lot of ground balls. In fact, yeah. it, entering play Thursday, I've got Fangrass pulled up here. Only the Tigers and the Marlins have hit more ground balls, have a higher ground ball percentage than the Braves do. Uh, the Braves are at 47.2%. Marlins are at 48.4%. The Tigers are at 47.3%. So only just slightly uh, above the Braves. You know, I think once we get 40, 50 games in, if that's still the case, then that's probably a, a bigger segment on this podcast. Um, but, it, you know, it's something that we've kind of been watching. Uh, you know, Austin Riley, I think he's hit a lot of ground balls too. You know, the Braves are still hitting home runs. You know, I don't think it matters as much. You know, it'll be interesting to see. You know, one theory I saw was maybe maybe the shift ban has uh, has contributed to some of that. Some of those guys are seeing those holes and they're taking more advantage of them than uh, than what in the past. I'm not sure I actually uh, I'm not sure I actually um, buy that. But you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting something to, uh, something to track long term. But I agree with you about Acuna. I mean, I think I think he could. We've seen that war number just really, really jump up on this road trip, and I think, you know, once he, once he really, he starts hitting home runs, he, he brings that launch angle up. You know, we're looking at a MVP uh, season out of him uh, before the season's done. Uh, another guy that's off to a blistering starts, uh, Matt Olson. He he was red hot in spring. He's carried over. The funny thing about him is he might have a, a four strikeout night, and it just seems like he always comes back the next day with three hits, a couple of homers, you know, something, that thing. But I think what I want to really point out was that on-base percentage. He's 386 on-base percentage, and he's slugging over 600. He's already got six homers. You know, if you look at the expected, uh, you know, he's got a 425 Woba. That's slightly more than his expected Woba, but it's still his expected Woba is still 404, which I mean is 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 lights out. But I think this was the thing. Average his average exit velocity right now is 961. His career average is 92.6. Man, he is hitting the daylights out of the ball. And I heard something around the ballpark. Uh, they were talking about just something about the way he. Uh, his weight transfer last year was all was not where he wanted it, and he was he was he was dialed in the spring with that, and you know he's having that monster season. That I think a lot of us thought he might have last year after moving out of Oakland, Oakland's ballpark into into Truist Park, you know. But I mean, if he can keep this up, you know, he's going to be in, he's going to be an MVP conversation as well because I mean he's looking like a you know a forty home run season certainly possible. Ninety an average exit velocity of ninety six miles an hour is 
absurd. I mean, the best players in the game typically average about 93, 94, you know, when it's all said and done after you, you know, factor in all the little weak tappers and pop-ups that you hit over the season, it's usually about 93, 94. So him being at 96, you know, that's, that's stupid good. He's got the hardest hit ball in baseball this year. Um, he had, he hit one 119 miles an hour. I think it was against Kansas City, was, I want to say. I was on Maybe the home stand. It was, yeah, it was in the no, home Cincinnati, stand. No, Cincinnati, yeah, yeah. Because that home run, it cleared the, uh, cleared the bullpen out there in, uh, yeah. in right center. So. Yeah, and that was the hardest hit ball by anybody all season at 119 miles an hour, and that's just the kind of power he is. He's already got a, he's already got 11 barrels, which is up there with Acuna for best on the team. That's another thing with Acuna, by the way, is he's he leads he's like second or third in the league in barreled outs. Um, so he's had some, you know, he's had some chances to hit homers that probably, you know, with better luck would have would have you know, would have gone differently, but yeah, Olsen looks fantastic. The only thing you worry about with Olsen is the strikeout rate because the strikeout rate is sky high right now. And it's, it's kind of unusually high for him. He's at 35% and you know, his average, his career average is like 24%. So I expect that to come down a little bit. You know, he's running a 395 batting average on balls in play, which obviously is not going to last. Um, but you know, again, like Acuna, when you hit the ball as hard as he does, the defense just has less time. I mean, people always, I cannot tell you how many times people have asked me, because I, I tweet about this stuff all the time, about why does it matter how hard guys hit the ball? You know, like, you know, ever since we've been doing this stat cast edit, I get that question, like, probably once a month. Why, you know, why does it matter? Who cares how hard guys hit the ball? Well, it matters because the harder you hit the ball, the less time the defense has to, to respond and make a play. And it's very simple. You know, it's, it's just like how hard you throw the ball, right? I mean, nobody asks how how important it is that a guy throws the ball hard. I mean, everybody just kind of inherently gets that value. But hitting the ball hard is is an incredibly valuable skill to have as a hitter. And it is a skill because a lot of guys can't do it. And Acuna and Olsen specifically destroy the baseball. When, they are, when they're on, they hit the ball so hard. And it just, the defense has less time to react. You're going to get more hits, even if the ball's on the ground. I mean, you know. If you hit it 110 miles an hour, then the defense has less time to make a play than if you hit it 105 miles an hour. I mean, that's just simple physics. So it does matter. It's great to see Acuna and Olsen been 1-2 all year long. You know, they've set the table. They're they're getting on base so other guys can knock them in. They're driving, you know, they're driving runs in themselves. Um, you know, that's the the top four guys in the lineup probably. Acuna, Olsen, uh, Riley, and Murphy are are – carrying the offensive load by far right now. It's not even close. There's there's actually quite a few guys scuffling a little bit at the bottom, but those four guys have been absurd and, and Olsen and Acuna specifically have been absurd and, you know, having both those guys one two in the lineup and, and being as hot as they've been for, you know, the first three weeks, two weeks of the season has been you know, that's why they're it's why the Braves record is what it is. Yeah, you mentioned Murphy and I, I don't think we can end this segment without without talking a little bit about him because uh, you know, I think we were all uh, you and I hopped up at that acquisition a lot, and because I think a lot of people were overlooking it, honestly. And then, you know, he was good. He was losing starts early in the season. Travis Darno was playing more than he was, and and, and Murphy kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start. And I think a lot of people were some of the controversy around that trade was starting to pop up again. And then Darno got hurt, and man, Murphy's Murphy's went in there and started playing every day pretty much um and has just taken off offensively he was he was huge on that road trip you know he's carrying a 420 on base percentage slugging over 600 170 weighted run 
creative plus. And the, you know, this was the thing that jumped out at me as as good as he was on that road trip. He's got a 439 woba and an, a 476 expected woba. So he's you know he he's underperforming still. And but I mean, this is another guy just like Matt Olson. You know, he's averaging a, a 91.6 exit velocity. You know, his career average is 89.4. You know, this is another guy. He's already got nine barrels, 22.5% barrel percentage, which is his career is at 11.4. But, you know, to your your no, he's this is a guy that's always carried a low BABIP. I mean, he's his BABIP's 278. So, you know, everything he's doing right now is sustainable, you know. And, I mean, we kind of thought – you know, the defense, everybody talked about the defense and the way he handles the pitching staff, but this guy's going to be a contributor at the plate. And, you know, I think he showed that through, uh, you know, through this uh, stretch while Darno's been out. There's nothing really happening that's all that surprising to me. I would say maybe the one thing is, you know, he's shown elite level plate discipline early on. He's got a 20% walk rate, which is absurd. You know, his career his career walk rate coming in the year was 10%. So he's doubled his career walk rate so far early in the year. And, and if you look at – if you even go more granular than that, if you look at, like, the how often he's swinging at bad pitches and stuff, and it's – you know, there's a there's a stat called O-swing o percentage, which is basically how often you swing at pitches that are out of the zone. His career was 28%. He swung – he swung – for his career, he swung at pitches that are out of the zone 28% of the time. This year it's, it's uh, 21%. So, you know, he's really cut down on bad pitches, swinging at bad pitches, which, you know, there's some other guys in the lineup that could certainly take a a note from that. Um, And, you know, for as complicated as baseball is and hard a game as it is, there is something very simple about swinging at strikes and not swinging at balls. I mean, you can, you can, you can, it's amazing how far you can go as an offensive player if you just swing at strikes and don't swing at at balls and don't swing at bad pitches. And, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of the big difference we've seen this year with Sean is that he's always had power. You know, me and you spent all off season trying to tell people how good this guy was defensively. He's been a monster. He's got a cannon. We've already seen that on display. He's a great framer. You know, the staff <clears throat> clearly loves working with him and he can hit for power, but you know, he's never had this kind of plate discipline before, uh, at least not to this level. He's never, I mean, he's, you know, a 10% walk rate is nothing to sneeze at, but you know, at 20% this year, that's a whole, that's like Juan Soto level plate discipline. And, you know, again, some of his granular numbers look the same. Like, you know, he's really taken that part of his game to another level. And if he maintains that, if he's only swinging at 21% of, of pitches out of the strike zone, then he's going to be a 6-7 win player. Because if you're taking that many walks, your OBP is going to be crazy high. You're always going to be in good counts. And, you know, if he gets a pitch he wants, he can send it to the moon. I mean, we've seen he's got unreal power. And so, you know, he's got nine barrels, like you said. He's already, you know, he, him and Acuna and Olsen have just been, you know, barrel monsters so far this season. So, but if that, if that, if that play discipline, if that, if all those numbers hold the form for the year and he really is not swinging at, at bad pitches at the level that he has been so far, then yeah, his offensive profile goes up by a lot and. Honestly, he's probably even a, a better player than you and I talked about all offseason. And you and I were talking about an all-star level player all offseason. So, you know, at, with those numbers, he's an MVP level player. So um, that's kind of what I'm going to be looking for is is kind of these granular plate discipline numbers and, and see if they hold. Because if they do, then it really does change his outlook from, from a, a really good player to a great player. 
Yeah, it's not often that you pull up fingers. And I know, you know, we're still early in the season. Uh, he's only played in 16 games. But when you look at that walk percentage column, and it's the same as the K, uh, strikeout percentage, K-rate column, that's uh, that's pretty that's pretty unheard of. And then, you know, look right next to that, and you see the 352 isolated power. I mean, he had a run there where I think it was like nine, nine straight, eight or nine straight extra base hits. He just had an unbelievable run. He played. He was a huge part in that eight-game winning streak, and it's good to see him. You know, coming to a new team, trying to learn a pitching staff. Got off to really didn't hit that well in spring, either. Got off to a little bit of a slow start at the plate. It's good to see him get going early on, and uh, you know, kind of relax and settle in because Braves locked him up. I mean, he's going to be here for a long time. Uh, but now you're seeing just how much of a how much of a contributor you know, he's going to be. Uh, so it, it, it's been really fun watching him. Uh, you know, I spotlighted those three guys on here. Anybody else that you want to uh, think about? I was curious, you know, what are, what have your thoughts uh, been of on looking at Von Grissom? You know, what have you seen defensively there? you seen anything that concerns you, or, or do you think he's done a, a pretty good job of handling the spot? You know, I was impressed that he didn't let it snowball. You know, he got off to – I mean, I think he had – Two, yeah, two misplays. First... Two misplays. Yeah, I don't. I don't think one of them went as an error, but you know, one where he just double clutched the first, and then he kicked one right after. I mean, he couldn't have started any worse. Uh, yeah, you're, you're exactly right. And I was worried. And I, you and I talked about this in, when we were previewing spring training. But I was worried that if he, you know, if he started the spring training with a couple of errors, then you know he would he would feel all this pressure, and you know he knows everybody's watching his defense, and it would just snowball, and you know he's. You know, he gets like really tight on every ground ball that gets hit to him, and then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And so I was really pleased and and proud that he he responded the way he did. I, I thought after that kind of sluggish start, he made a couple of really nice plays. You know, I think Scott, I think Scott said this on the main show this week, but like the the big thing for Vaughn is you just don't want to notice his defense, right? Like that if you go through a game and you're not talking about Von Grissom's defense, then that's a success. That's a win. It's like umpiring. Like, the less you notice, the better. Because you're not expecting Von to go out and make, you know, elite plays at short. You just you just want him to make all the routine plays. You don't want it to be a topic of conversation really at all. And that's how I kind of thought the San Diego series went. I, I didn't – I think I watched just about every inning of that series, and I, I don't I don't remember Von's defense. And that's – again, that's a win. If, if you don't remember his defense, if it's not memorable – then that's what you want. And, you know, that's what he did in San, in, in San Diego, so that's good. You know, you and I have talked about before, I, I'm not as sold on Von Grissom's bat as everyone else is. You know, I think the the consensus has always been he's going to hit. It, it's going to depend on how well he, he fields. But I'm not, I'm not completely there where I'm ready to say, like, I'm sure he's going to hit. You know, he doesn't hit the ball hard. You know, we know that. he We, we went through that last year. He's got, you know, his um, – his exit velocity numbers, his stat cast data, it's it's never going to look crazy impressive because he just doesn't hit the ball all that hard. He's going to be an, an 88, 87 average exit velo guy, which is, you know, pretty average, if not a little below average. And, you know, so he's going to have to make up for it with, with an optimized batted ball profile. He's got to keep the ball off the ground as much as he can. He's got to, you know, get his line drives you know, get some good fly ball to home run luck, and that always helps. I don't think he has a home run yet. I, I actually, I, I think he's only got like one extra base hit early on um, since he he became the starter. So that that's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and so I I am a little I, I I'm not as sold on his offense as other people are, um, and it doesn't help that he's 
batting in a part of the order where there's a lot of guys not really hitting. You know, Ozzy's gotten off to a slow start. Eddie's gotten off to a slow start, at least in terms of results. You know, his batted ball stuff has been pretty um, has been pretty encouraging, but the results haven't been. I think he's got like I think Eddie Rosario is running like a 38 WRC plus right now, which obviously is is terrible. Uh, but there are some some encouraging signs within that. But that kind of middle of the order, kind of five, six, seven, eight has been kind of a, a blind spot for the Braves so far, and, and Vaughn's been in the middle of that, and, you know, that, that stretches to Ozuna and, and Pilar and whoever's playing left, and, you know, they, that part of the lineup really hasn't done much so far this year. And so I would love to see those guys start contributing a little more, Vaughn being one of those. I think Vaughn's running an, an ADWRC plus right now, which is obviously uh, well below average. So, um, yeah, I... The defense is something you just don't ever want to talk about. You just want it to be a non-story. If it's a non-story, it's a win. And then, you know, with offense, I would love to see him, you know, maybe even strike out a little more and, and sell out for a little more power. You know, I think people overreact to strikeouts. And, you know, Acuna and Olsen are, are good examples of, you know, Acuna's always struck out a lot this year, notwithstanding. But, you know, as long as you're hitting for power, the strikeouts aren't really that big a deal. And if you're not hitting for any power, then, you know, it's almost worth taking a few bigger hacks, even if you're swinging and miss a little more to get some, some power in the profile. So I'd love to see Vaughn get a little more power in his profile, hit the ball a little bit harder, you know, a little more authority, but yeah, the defense, as long as he's not in the news, as long as he's not in, you know, as long as he's not the headline, his defense is not the headline, then that's all the Braves care about. And, you know, I think one thing is, I think the Braves decision to start Arcia has been validated a little bit. You know, I think there are, questions about Vaughn's defense I think even Vaughn would tell you you know in an honest moment that he's still got questions and um but you know it's just hold the fort down until Orlando gets back that's all that's all he's got to do and I'd love to see him hit a little bit more but you know I thought he did much better in that San Diego series yeah it'll be interesting to see once we get a little more uh sample size just real quick I, I don't know why I didn't put this on a rundown but we can't leave uh leave this segment without talking about Sam Hilliard just because this is becoming one of my favorite fan graphs page um you know I know it's still it's still small sample uh theater here but Sam Hilliard's got a 688 BABIP which I think is just amazing. Uh, the strikeout rate's kind of dropped under 40% now. He's at 39.5, but he's walking 15.8%. I mean, he's almost the the three true outcome uh, player through 13 games. And, uh, you know, it's just it's pretty wild. Uh, 179 weighted runs created plus. And I think the thing that really surprised me, he's got one barrel. And I'm guessing that was the home run he hit in Kansas City. Uh, yeah. one barrel, but he's hitting the ball hard, you know, 95, five average exit velocity, 90.7 for his career. You know, I mean, it, obviously that 39, five, uh, 39% K rate, uh, can't, uh, is not, is not something that, uh, you know, you can't be six, this successful carrying that, but man, he's been fun to watch over the, uh, over the first, uh, this first uh, stint while Michael Harris has been out. Yeah, and the defense too, right? I mean, he's been incredible on defense. Um, he's he's made all the routine plays. He made an incredible play. Machado, you know, should have had a two-run homer in that last game, and, and, and Hilliard went up over the wall to bring it back. And, you know, we talked about this, again, you and I talked about this all offseason, but, you know, people were going to be surprised how well he moves for as big a guy as he is. I think he's already got three or four steals. Um, you know, he he's had some big moments where he gets on base, 
you know, he's usually batting at the bottom of the lineup, so he gets on base, he steals a base, and then the top of the lineup gets a chance to knock him in. And, you know, there's been times where they've done that. They didn't do it in, in that last game, but, you know, it's he's he's given the, the, the top of the lineup a chance, and that's more than a lot of the other guys can say. So, yeah, it's been great to see. It's not going to last. I mean, you know, you're not going to run a 700 batting average on balls in play for, for very long. You're not, you can't run a 40% strikeout rate for very long and, and, and still be this good. But you know what? While some other guys are still struggling to get going, we'll take it, you know, even if it's not going to last, you know, I think sometimes we, we might focus on whether or not it's going to last too much and don't just appreciate the fact that it's happened and it's already contributed to the, you know, the night or yeah, 19 games that they've played and those 19 games are in the books and there's nothing to change that. And, and even if it doesn't last past this point, he contributed to the 14 and five start. And honestly, for what they're paying him and what they, you know, gave up to get him, he's already probably been worth it. So, you know, even if it doesn't last, that's okay. Cause you know, he's been so good early on and they needed somebody to play center when Michael went down and, you know, having a 180 WRC plus is just a bonus. I love the way he works counts. You know, he, he works, he, he sees a lot of pitches. He hits the ball hard, strikes out way too much, but you know, if he didn't strike out that much, he would be a, a $20 million player. I mean, you know, if you had all these skills, and 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 plus you didn't strike out a ton then you know he would have gotten a lot more money or and been a lot harder to acquire so yeah it's been fantastic he's been unbelievable and um you know he should see some more playing time you know the Braves have seen a lot of lefties to start the year they saw two more in San Diego and you know that's kind of a, another thing with Matt Olson where I think that that K rate's going to come down a little bit when he starts seeing you know you typically don't see this many lefties you know on, on a whole season the Braves are like I think the Braves are like 50-50. You've seen just as many lefties as righties to start the year, which is very strange. Um, so as as we get a few more righties, you know, Olsen's going to look a little better in terms of the strikeout rates. And even Hilliard's going to get a chance to, to play more um, and, and and see what he can do. You know, even when Michael comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if they gave put him in left, you know, let Rosario DH some. Because um, obviously you know, Hilliard's a better defensive player than Rosario is. So I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. You know, he's always been a guy with a lot of talent, um, a lot of tools, and it's great to see him start the season the way he has. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the biggest takeaway is, is he showed that, you know, maybe they need to protect him a little bit. Uh, you know, he, we've talked about Arcia kind of getting exposed to, you know, as an everyday player, I think Hilliard probably will as, as teams adjust to him, but you know, you can protect him, once he's coming off the bench, you can put him in good matchups and and whatnot. And I think you know he's at least shown that he, you know he can be a he can be a part of this. You know, I mean, if you he gives you the opportunity to be able to DH Acuna some nights, get him off his feet. You know, you can slide him out to right field, play all three outfield positions. But I don't know that I've ever seen a BABIP this high. And uh, it's come down. I think it was over 700 at one, uh, at yeah, one point. Yeah, it was like 750. So, yeah, so, you know, it's just one of those things that I keep checking every day, and it's just one of those – if you like the numbers and stuff, I mean, his stat, his uh, his fan graphs page and his baseball savant page are amazing. You know, there's something to watch every day, so. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity – but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey. 
instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, the Braves are back at home this weekend, starting Friday night. Rematch, uh, well, 2021 World Series rematch of the Houston Astros, the 2022 World Series champion. Uh, it's pretty interesting. Both these uh, these teams have uh, played in the last, two, won the last two World Series. The Astros, of course, lost to the Braves. They've been there two straight times. Dana Brown's now the GM. A lot of a lot of ties between these two teams. Dusty Baker's the manager. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fun series. I was surprised a little bit. I knew the Astros had been struggled out of the gate. They're nine and ten on the season, and you know, when you look at it, it's kind of hard to see why. I mean, they're ninth in runs scored. I think the Braves are eighth currently in the majors, and then the, they're seventh in team ERA. They just had this weird, weird stretch. Um, in fact, I think they've alternated wins and losses for like eight straight games. I mean, that sounds a lot of like what we saw the Braves go through at times. I believe in twenty twenty one. Uh, coming out of the all-star break you know the Braves had that ridiculous stretch where they alternated wins and loss uh but uh Bryce Elder uh Kyle Wright and Max Freed are going to uh or will be on the mound this weekend Friday Saturday Sunday the Astros will go with Hunter Brown Framber Valdez Christian Javier um you know what are you looking for from this series I, I like it because I think it's just another uh you know, it's another measuring stick game. You know, you mentioned earlier that Padres really got the best of Atlanta at home. And, you know, I thought it was pretty – Braves went out there on that road trip and just compl- pretty much outplayed them the whole series, took two out of three. Uh, you know, I think this is another measuring stick game because I'm not buying that 9-10 and 10 record. I still think the Astros are probably the best team in the in the American League West. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's any question about that. This is This is small sample size noise, you know, their record at this point. Yeah, it'll be a great series. You know, um, Houston's always good. They've got just what seems like an endless supply of talent. You know, they lost Verlander, they lost Correa, they lost Springer. You know, and they just keep winning, right? I mean, they just keep keep going. And you know, there's guys that are probably better. You know, Hunter Brown, for instance, in you know, who's pitching Friday night against Bryce Elder. Hunter Brown's a lot better than probably any Braves fan. Most Braves fans probably never even heard of him. Um, but he's a fantastic pitcher. He's a guy that can throw 98, 99, you know, as a starter, he's got some nasty stuff. He's, you know, he's got a, I think he's got a career ERA in like the, the ones or the twos. Um, he's young, he's only 24, but yeah, 138 career ERA. Um, so, you know, he's, he's much better than you might think if you've never heard his name before, but you know, it's going to be a tough that's going to be a tough game Friday night, and uh, we need we're going to need Bryce Elder to be kind of who he's been so far this year. But yeah, playing Houston is always a measuring stick game. I don't care what their record is when they're this talented, you know, um, it, it matters. And obviously, it's it's nice to be able to get them at home. The Braves obviously didn't play all that great at home against San Diego. They went one and three in those four games. So the Braves need to kind of take back Truist Park and play to their play to their level at home. But yeah, Houston series is always fun. I'll. Obviously, everybody will always remember the World Series in 21. You know, the Braves 
miraculously can't, you know, Houston was one of the best teams in baseball that year and, and the Braves were, you know, this 88 win, um, you know, Cinderella team. And of course the Braves won. So no one will ever forget that, but you know, these Houston series are always super fun. It's a, it's always a, you know, potential world series matchup. And so it'll be a good series. And, and I would tell Braves fans, you know, you know, don't look at just the names of who's starting for Houston um, and think that there's some huge advantage. You know, these guys are, are really, really good, and um, it's going to be a tough series. Yeah, I mean, they're at, well, they're without Jose Altuve, too, and that's, yeah. a, you know, that's no doubt. That's a big loss for them. Uh, Kyle Tucker's been unbelievable to start with, slugging, I, I think, way to run a creative plus near a 180. Um, you know, this is a good team. Jordan Alvarez, uh, I don't think enough people talk about just how good he might be the best hitter one of the best hitters in the game so it's gonna be a fun series this weekend uh Kyle Wright make his third start uh you know obviously the first outing was a mess second outing I thought was a lot better uh ran into trouble in that third inning against the uh, against the Royals again you know it looked like things were gonna go sideways he'd really cruised through the first two innings but was able to get through it went five and two thirds I think that's still maturity because early in Kyle Wright's career he doesn't get out of that third inning you know, it just snowballs and he can't ever get it back. So, you know, he looked more like what the what we thought last year. Um, you know, but what what did you see with him? I thought he controlled the sinker a whole lot better uh, against the Royals than he did in that first start. Yeah, that was it. I mean, we talked about it, you know, after his first start about the sinker command was just everywhere. And that, you know, that really that really handicaps him because it's it's kind of the pitch that turned him into this version of Kyle Wright. And it was much better against KC. Um, you know, KC is not good, so that matters. But, you know, it, it's still just from a pure, you know, just pure command. It was just, it was night and day. And, and we talked about that after his first start, that command was usually, command is usually the, one of the last things that come back after you've been out for a while. You know, it's just rust and it's nothing to worry about. And so I expect him to kind of keep kind of progressing forward. Um, you know, again, I, I would caution Braves fans from expecting last year's Kyle Wright, right? Like that, that guy is, that's tough. That's a tough act to follow. And and that's probably not where Kyle's going to ultimately land on the spectrum of starters. You know, he's not going to be probably a low, you know, high two, low three ERA guy. He's going to be more of a mid three guy, but you know, that's still really valuable. And and that's what I think Kyle is going to end up being. And, you know, at present, he's, you know, the third or fourth starter in the rotation, depending on how you look at it. And that's all they need from him. They need innings, you know, six innings, you know, a couple runs here or there, um, no walks, you know, limit the walks. The Braves have, you know, they've, they kind of get little Jekyll and Hyde with, with walking people at times on the, on the, on the staff. And, you know, Kyle's obviously been part of that. Spencer's has dealt with that a little bit. And, um, but yeah, good command of the sinker is kind of all I'm looking for. Um, you know, the, with the the shoulder stuff he had early on, <clears throat> just getting through a start, you know, obviously completely healthy matters. But yeah, sinker command is the big thing for, for Kyle. And if he's got it moving the way he wants and dotting it the way he wants, then, you know, it's usually a pretty long night for the other team. So it'll be a great series. I'm really excited. Um, but it, it'll be a test. You know, the, the, the Braves could certainly get swept in this series if they don't come and bring their A game, you know. Um, so they, they're going to have to play well. But, you know, it's good baseball. It's really fun baseball, especially early in April. Um, I love the unbalanced or the uh, the balanced schedule now where you actually get to see all these teams every year. And, you know, this will be a yearly thing getting to play the Astros. And so that's really – that's exciting. I love I, – I, I, we, we talked about this all offseason, but I love, I love that the 
the you know we're now playing every team in the league every year so yeah it'll be fun Houston's a great team you know it'll be a great series yeah and I mean you mentioned the Walt rate I mean you need to see that Walt rate come down he's walked seven yeah. and eight and eight and two thirds innings I think he walked three against the Royals uh I believe two of them came in that third inning that I was talking about where things kind of got sideways so you know Walt rate's got to come down uh that was one of the big that was one of to me that was the single biggest thing about his season last year was he kept the walk rate. I mean, he his start the season he didn't walk anybody. Uh, it kind of crept up as the season went on, but I mean, still he averaged two point six five per nine, and uh, that was you know way way uh, a big huge improvement over his career numbers to that point. So you know you need to see him. I don't know that he can manage that again over a full season, but you need to get him see him get a lot closer to that. So uh, finally, Max Freed he'll go Sunday. It'll be his third start. I mean, what can you say about Freed? He, he, you know, you come out there against San Diego, throws uh, five innings, uh, last four hits, no runs. Just looked like he picked up where he left off. I think he threw 79 pitches. I expect him to be, you know, pretty much completely stretched out this time, this time through the thing. Um, you know, I mean, it seems like Max Freed just keeps, continues to get better. Yeah. I mean, he is the best pitcher on the team. Uh, you know, Strider's got a case for that, but. You know, Spencer's been dealing with a little bit of walk stuff himself. So until further notice, Max is still the ace of the staff. And, you know, him being out for, I don't know, it was two or three starts. It was a 15-day out, so I guess three starts was a big deal. And not having that guy be able to pitch every fifth day, it just gives you so much confidence that you're going to be able, you know, you're you're going to be able to score three, two or three runs and still win the game if necessary. So, yeah, it was great to have him back. He looked good. Um, the velocity looked good. It didn't seem like the hamstring was bothering him at all. Um, if it did, you know, it, it wasn't apparent on the telecast. He only threw 80 pitches, but, you know, Snitker said before the game that he wasn't on really any kind of a limit, but I, 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 I'm guessing that wasn't entirely true. I, I think they probably did have a number in mind. And so, but like you said, I, I expect him to be back to, you know, full go uh, this this series and, and, and you know, all the uh, series after. So, yeah, great to have him back. Braves need him. They need him to stay healthy. You know, they need the top of this rotation to stay healthy, maybe more than anything else. You know, they can deal with some offensive injuries just because they got so much depth, but they need Max. They need Spencer. They need Kyle. They need Morton. They need those guys to be healthy and make starts. And, and if they do, then the Braves got a chance to do, you know, everything they want to do this year. But so, yeah, it'll be great. That's a, that's a, that's an awesome matchup on Sunday. That'll be a fun game. All right. One last thing before we get out of here. Um, we had a little breaking news as we were, uh, we were recording this. Max Scherzer obviously was ejected from his last start for uh, foreign substance on his glove. I've seen a lot of back and forth about this. He said he pretty much admitted it was rosin, but he didn't do anything that wasn't within the rules. He dropped his appeal, uh, so he will begin uh, serving a ten-game suspension tonight. Man, I'm I feel I'm, I'm conflicted on this honestly uh, because you know my my opinion is you know if you're not using it, why is the rosin in your glove? Then on the other hand, there's been three ejections for uh, sticky stuff enforcement uh, since those they put those rules in, and they've all been called. All been uh, Phil Cuzzy's been the umpire for all three, so I don't really know where I feel about this. Uh, I think the the quote I saw Scherzer dropped his appeal because he didn't think he had much of a chance of winning it. Take that for what it's worth. Scherzer struggled. Uh, he struggled uh, to start the season. You know, so I don't know if that plays into any of this, but he's eligible to return May first against the Braves. 
So, uh, you know, what did you think about this Matt Scherzer stuff uh, and, and the sticky stuff with everything and the fallout from it? Yeah, that was wild. The whole – I was following it on Twitter as it was happening, and it was like a – it wasn't just like a, a one, you know, moment thing. Like, it was like he had – you know, his hand was sticky, so they told him to go out and wash his hands. And then he came about the next inning, and they are like, well, you got to change your glove because there's still stuff on your glove. Like, it took like three innings to eject him. Like, it was – it was a really strange thing, and the umpire said after the game that like he was the stickiest hand that he's ever touched, which is just an all hilarious statement, you know, with no context. It's just you know that's kind of where we are. We're we're asking the umpires to judge the stickiness level relative to other things they've touched, which is you know just comical. Um, but yeah, if I was a Mets fan, I'd be mad as hell because you know, and Max is right. He would have to be he would have to be a complete moron to have the umpire check his hand tell him he needs to go wash it off and then come back out with sticky stuff still on his hand. If he was trying to break the rules, like, you know, if you know, you're going to get checked again, the umpire's already told you to wash it off. If you came back out again with more sticky stuff, then you're just a moron. And I don't think Max is a moron. So I'm guessing this is probably just an unfortunate series of events. You know, he was maybe sweating like crazy. The rosin got really sticky. I don't know. I don't know enough about sweat and rosin and the chemical components that make the sticky stuff or whatever. But, um, I'm I am surprised that he dropped his suspension or he dropped his appeal because Max just seems like the kind of guy who's going to fight everything all the way to the bitter end and it was funny I, I saw the tweet that you were talking about where the, the, the apparently the team told him that they just prefer that he accept the suspension and and move on and 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 apparently that's what he's going to do so that's not a great look that you're not even going to appeal it you know it does kind of make me wonder like all right was he doing something shady or, or or stupid it would be incredibly stupid but you know who knows um it's just a weird situation I, I hate just overall i really hate when we get in situations where like the umpires have to decide how sticky is too sticky right because like the it's just it, it's a it's a pandora's box of nonsense that can come this was my big issue with the some of the pitch clock stuff was when you get into umpire judgment and uh, you're allowing them to kick guys out of games and and potentially change the outcome of games based on, you know, very flimsy judgment of, of subjective ideas, then I, that's where I get very hesitant and, and not a huge fan. And, you know, listen, if this was Max Fried and this happened to him and I would be a lot more mad, the fact that it happened in the Mets, you know, if, if I'm being honest, it, it makes it funnier to me than anything else. But, um, yeah, it's a weird situation. And I, I, I'm stunned that Max dropped his, his appeal. I guess the team convinced him to do it, but, yeah, it was a weird. That was a weird one. Just looking at this now, he aver- he aver- uh, allowed eight earned runs over his first eleven and third innings, and then his next two starts, he has allowed two hits, no runs in eight innings. So you know, I don't know. Oh I yeah, I've seen. I don't have the spin rates. I don't have the spin rates. I don't know. You know, it seems like to me he's a type of guy that doesn't he doesn't need to do that. You know, but. Um, you know, it, it is, it was, it was kind of eye opening because I just figured he would fight that all the way to the end. And, uh, and, you and know, I because d- I mean, d- he's a union guy, you know, he was, he was on the negotiating team. I know he's not there now. Uh, but you know, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's any love lost between him and the, the commissioner's office uh, on a lot of issues. So I just figured, you know, Hey, he's going to fight this as hard as, as anybody can fight this. And then, you know, to see he dropped it, you know, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. So it's pretty interesting. And I do want to point out that the, the 10 game suspension is automatic. 
like it's part of the the CBA. If you get ejected from a game for substance ban, then it's just an automatic ten game suspension. So that's not, you know, don't read too much into that. It's it's not like the league decided on that. That's just automatic. If you get ejected, it's a ten game suspension for a pitcher. So. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up. Um, you know, unless you you got anything else you want to talk about. No, really excited for this series. Um, you know, we've got a, a fun homestand, obviously Houston and then Miami. And I think there's a chance that, that we might be in, in around for one of those Miami games. So, um, but yeah, it's, it'll be a fun homestand. You know, the Braves are going to have to play well to, to take two of three from Houston. If you take two of three, that's all you, that's all you can really uh, hope for because it's a good team. But yeah, it's, it's been a really fun start to the season and, and, you know, we'll be, we'll be here to cover the the whole thing. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.